This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Take your Bibles and turn with me today to the book of Psalms, chapter 103. I want to tell you this morning that I'm going to be speaking on some hard, difficult things. As, as a pastor, as a father, a preacher, and uh, just somebody that's concerned about where our nation is today. And so I want to let you know that ahead of time. The world, but let me just say for this message, America is in a lot of trouble this morning in many different ways. I'm going to share some of that with you today. And how we need, how we desperately need godly men, godly fathers, godly women to be willing to do what this book says and to walk in the ways of the Lord. And that requires a lot of difficult decisions in the times that we live. Joshua asked the question, choose you this day whom you will serve. Moses asked the question, who's on the Lord's side? Those questions come to us today like a train without brakes. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I will tell you that this Bible, this is not a book of fairy tales. It's, it's not a book of nursery rhymes. It is the breath of God. It's the word of God and there are some who believe it to be such. And then there are those who live life like this book is nothing more than a Sears and Roebuck catalog. And so let's hear from the word today. I want to read for you in Psalms chapter 103, beginning with verse number 8. And I'm going to read for you down through verse number 13. The message is entitled this morning, A Father's Vision. In verse number eight, the Lord is merciful. Aren't you glad for that today? I could spend all morning talking about that one phrase. Where would any of us be today without God's mercy? And gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I firmly believe that men and women 
have the ability to shape and mold leaders, future parents, and modern day society, whether they do so by their commitment to God, which would be in a very positive way, or in a negative way by their irresponsible aptness in the home from the Lord. I believe this. There are many things a man can do to invite the blessings of God upon their life and upon their home, their families. And there's several things that a man can do to force the hand of God to write Ichabod or the glory has departed over the homes where they live. We can do a lot of things in our lives as Christian people to lay the pavement for wisdom, to keep a hedge of protection around our families where we can live and die in peace with godly assortment. And I want to share with you this morning several things that I believe associate with a father's vision. And obviously, I associate that today from a Christian and biblical perspective. The first thing that I want to share with you this morning, and I say this to all the men, and again, I don't exclude any of the ladies here today because this is a word for us all, but because today is Father's Day, I want to give a very special admonition to all the men all the fathers that are here this morning. And so the first thing that I want us to cover is this, that fellas, we have got to keep, listen carefully, we have got to keep God's vision for the future. Now, I want you to think about this because there's a passage of scripture that says in John 14 and verse number three, and this is a biblical promise, God's integrity hinges on this passage. He said, if I go and prepare you a place, I will come again. God himself said that he was coming again. So if he didn't come again, God would be a liar. But we know the word says that it is impossible in Titus 3, 5. It is impossible for God to lie. So God's integrity hinges on the fulfillment of this promise. If I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. So guys, listen carefully. And again, It's difficult to categorize the message today because it certainly implies to all of us. But I say, and it's worth repeating, because it is Father's Day, I want to emphasize a great challenge to all the men that are in here today. We must prepare our families and our homes for the future. We have got to do that. Because in the future... And it could happen in the next breath, would be in the future of what I just said. We have got to prepare our homes and our families 
with this incredible truth. Because as the apostle Paul said, in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise first at the sound of the trumpet. We do know this, that God has promised in his word that Jesus Christ, who ascended to the Father 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus Christ himself would come again. And so I ask all the men in here today, especially those of you who are fathers, are you preparing your family for the fulfillment of God's promise? Are you preparing your family for the promise that Jesus is coming again? And how do you do that? You do that by teaching the principles of God's word. You need to make sure that everybody in your house knows God's simple plan of salvation. You need to know, listen carefully, if I thought for one moment, and believe you me, for other circumstances and situations in life, I have stood in the yard of some of my children at midnight and cried to God for his help in their lives. And I want you to know this, that if I thought that there was anybody in my family that did not know Jesus as their savior, I would put my pillow on their porch and pray for God's power until the light broke through the darkness. We have got to prepare our families for the future. And one of those ways is to prepare them for the fulfillment of God's promise. He's coming again. And he's coming in a moment that we might not be ready for. He may come in a moment we're not in church. We don't hear the word of God. We're not hearing the pastor preach. We might be busy in our own worlds and our own lives, working in our own homes or our own livelihoods. He's going to come. We know that. We don't know when. The word says no man knows the day nor the hour when the son of man will come. But he's coming. And fellas, let me say that one of the greatest responsibilities you have as a man, because God has given you the leadership, the role of leadership in your family. It's a shame, but sometimes a home is based upon the leadership of a woman. Now, I don't say that derogatorily, because if that's the way that it goes, so be it. God be their glory and God empower her and God help her and God lead her. But I will tell you that God's divine will, sometimes we operate in his permissive will, but God's divine will and leadership of the family and home. Guys, God has required you to step up and be the man of the house. We have got to lead and prepare our families for the future because the fulfillment of God's promise could be in our next 10 minutes. But not only that, listen carefully, not only do we have the responsibility of preparing our families for the future, but we have the responsibility, guys, to protect them in the future. You say, what are you talking about? I don't know how many in here today love, passionately love, liver and onions. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm talking about passionately. You would turn down the Texas outlaw 32-ounce 
steak at the best that you would turn it down for liver and onions. Some of you in here may, may say, yes, I would. Now, here, now I'm going to preach to me. I, this is me now. I, I realize we're all different, but listen. You would have to put me in a straitjacket. <laughs> you would have to put my feet chained to two cannonballs. You'd have to take your hand and forcibly throw my head back and you'd have to force it in my mouth and do whatever else was necessary to make me swallow it. Now you might say, oh, preacher, man, you don't know what you're missing. There's nothing like liver and onions. I get that. I get that some of you like it. But let me get more real with you today. Because what we see happening in our world all around us right now is that we have people in government of all levels and all degrees that are trying to force things down our throats that we do not like, that we do not appreciate. Now, some people like it. Some people love it. And you know what? I'm glad we live in a, in a place where right now there are certain freedoms that we still all can enjoy. Where, where it doesn't work for this one, it'll work for that one. And what this one doesn't like, this one, okay. But not too many places are left on the earth like that. Everywhere we go right now, fellas, you've got to not only prepare your house for the future, and that is that the Lord Jesus is coming again. It's going to happen. But you also have got to prepare and live in your home and live in your world to protect your family because there are people that are trying to throw things down the throats of American families today that that are against the word of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and you don't have to do it. I'm not telling you to do it. To, listen, you don't answer to me. You answer to God. There's only one Holy Spirit. So I'm going to tell you something right now. Me and my wife, we will never walk on the sidewalk of a Target store ever again. I will never watch a Los Angeles Dodgers baseball game ever again. The rainbow today doesn't mean what the rainbow meant when God put it in the sky, promised that that world would never suffer by a flood anymore. Now listen, I realize some of you don't like steak and onions. I realize that. And if you love it, you love it. You like it. I'm, so, I'm not a national, Washington national baseball fan. I love the Atlanta Braves. But I'm so proud of Trevor Williams and what he had to say as a professional baseball player. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You either think this book 
is out of date. And God doesn't mean today what he has always said. You believe that? You think this, listen, because my question to this is to the world is this. Most of you now, most of you have a Bible. So what does this mean anymore? Is this still God's word? What part of this book has he changed? Does he still mean it? Are we still accountable to it? Somebody might say, I don't want a God like that. Hey, you might like liver and onions. That's okay. But I'm telling you this, God is not riding on the Kumbaya bus. Now, there are people filled in this earth who look at things differently. So be it. But you cannot, you cannot, I would challenge anybody to take this book. Now, if you can take this book and show me in the scripture and not take it out of context where God no longer means what he said. If you want to know what he said, read Romans chapter 1. That'll solve it all. Now, if you can take this book and tell me that Romans chapter 1 no longer applies to 2023, we can conversate. But I challenge anybody to take this book and try to tell me God no longer means what he says. We either believe the word or we reject the word. So I say to the men today, I say to the fathers today, listen carefully, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to prepare our families for the future. You say, preacher, I, I didn't know preachers still preach these kind of sermons anymore. Well, you, you hit the gold mine today. <laughs> we have to prepare our families for the future. And what's happening right now, look, you think what's going on right now is going to stop where it is? I can't even in my imagination try to assess if things are the way they are now, try, and Jesus tarries is coming, try to picture in your mind. If he were to tarry his coming for another five years, try to picture in your mind what this earth will be like if things are like they are now. Now listen, don't, don't, don't anybody take this wrong. We have homosexuals in our family. Do we love them? Yes, we love them. There's probably a person in here today right now can identify with what I'm saying. A lot of homes are affected by that today. We, we love them. They could sit down at my table and have a meal with me. But they also know this, that I'm a born-again believer and that I believe every word in this book. I don't hate anybody. I would offer anybody the word of God, the truth of God's word. But I'll tell you what, 
I'm not going to have anybody pull my head back and force the junk of the world down my throat and tell me no matter what, you're going to like it. And that's what's happening today in the world. And we are being forced one day after another that whether or not you like it or you don't, it's the way that it is. Shut up. You don't have anything to do with it. Like it. And I'm telling you this, all of us have a mind. And all if you like it, good. You have to deal with it one day with him. But I don't have to like it. There are certain things in this life, in this world, that may not be a preference for me. And you may say it's okay for you. Okay. And we all have those choices. Listen, you don't have to be violent. You don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be unkind. You don't have to be devilish. Because here's the bottom line. Every person walking and breathing on this earth has a soul. And every soul on this earth will stand before God one day. I don't have to be a judge. But I'll tell you right now, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fellas, we have to be careful and mindful about the future. Secondly, real quick here, we have to have God's vision for our priorities. Look, if you will, at Proverbs 22.6. Turn to the scripture, Proverbs chapter 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, this is, this is a scripture where you got to get in the game. Nobody can put their kids in automatic and think it's going to turn out right. You have to spend time with it. You have to work it. So, fellas, I ask you today, and let me just give you a, a biblical analogy just for a minute. We have in our church what we call Awanas, and it's a, it's a program for, for young boys and girls. And it's, it's an amazing Wednesday night program. We have a great youth program, and we got a lot of great things going on for kids. But I'll say this. Let's think about it just for a minute. What, what are your priorities? You think it's a greater priority to have your kids in dance class or, or youth group uh, to, to be on the hockey team or to be uh, under the word of God? Now, I'm not saying those things are, are wrong. I love sports. I'm a sports fanatic, except for golf. I hate golf. <laughs> but everything else, I told you about that story the other day. I had the highest score on the, on the course. And, and I said, man, how can that be? The preacher, you got more points than anybody else. And I said, man, for my first game, this can't be bad. <laughs> it was going south. But I tell you, you listen, you got to, what, what matters to you more? Being entertained or being fed the word of God, being nurtured the word. That's important. Look at number three here. We've got to keep God's vision of duty and commitment. In Proverbs 1, look at verse 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. 
For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. You know, I think it's a sad trend in the home today where men no longer feel the sense of responsibility to sacrifice for their children. Sacrifice. I, I was reading a sad story this week, and, and there was a paragraph that I jotted down, and I want to read that to you. It says this, and it, and it was about a young father who was pointing at his unexpected infant son who had just been born. And this is what he said. I'm quoting out of the book. It says this, as the father's pointing at this surprise. He said, there goes my only chance of having a boat. Because as soon as I get this hospital bill paid for, you're probably going to need braces. And then after I get those braces paid for, you'll be in driver's ed, you'll need a car. And then by the time I have to get you through the car phase, it'll be time for you to go to college. And by the time I get all of that done, I probably will be too old to even think about a boat. I'm telling you this, guys, take time with your families. They'll be out of the nest and gone in the blink of an eye. Number four, keep God's vision of patience. In Psalms 103 and verse number eight, and this is important. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And I believe it's one of the best scriptures that I could possibly give you today. I want you to look at number five just for a moment, and I want to motivate you guys to keep God's vision for forgiveness. In Psalms 103, verse 9, the word says this, He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. But then look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I was reading about a man who said that whenever my wife gets mad at me, she gets historical. <laughs> the guy he was talking to, he said, no, you mean hysterical. He said, no, I mean historical. The other guy says, well, how can she get historical? He said, because every time we have a disagreement, she always brings up things of the past. And you know, sometimes we do that with our children. How many times, dads, have we ever said to our kids, how many times have I told you about this? And on and on and on. Listen, I think there always needs to remain room for forgiveness in our hearts and our lives because, listen, we've been around the block a few times. We've been on the rodeo a few times. Some of our kids are just starting out. 
if you look at number six, we have to keep God's vision to love like he loves. In Psalms 103, verse 17, look at this. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. God's amazing love is extended to us even when we do not deserve it. It's unconditional. In Romans 5, verse number 8, the Bible says, but God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me ask you a question. Wouldn't each of us like to have parents who are patient, forgiving, and loving? Thank God in Christ we have a heavenly father like that. Listen carefully. I was reading this week about a story, a young child who had a birth deficiency. Her name was Mary Ann Bird. And she grew up with a severe, severe physical handicap. She was born with a split lip and a crooked nose. And because of this, she had a speech problem. It wasn't just a speech impediment. She had a speech problem. All of the other kids in school, you can imagine, as she was growing up, made fun of her. When they asked her in different spurts of time, what on earth happened to you? And instead of saying, well, this is the way that I was born, she said, well, a few years ago, I had a serious accident. I took a bad fall. And she said it seemed to be more acceptable to have had an accident in her story rather than being born like that. As everyone was making fun of her and she was convinced that it was impossible for anybody outside of her family to love her, genuinely love her. But she had a teacher in the second grade who made a tremendous difference and impact in her life. And she said one day in the second grade, she said at the school that she attended, they were giving a hearing test. And the teacher had given the test to everyone and she was the last person. The teacher would sit at her desk and she would whisper something to the students and each of the students had to cover up one ear and repeat it back to the teacher. And the teacher would say something like this, the sky is blue. And it was the responsibility of the child to respond in the very same way, the sky is blue. The teacher would ask another child, what day is it? And the child had the responsibility to ask the same question, what day is it? And it went on like that all up and down the rows. When it was finally this little child's turn, she heard the teacher say, I wish that you were my little girl. And when that came her way, it brought tears to this child's life that there are really no words to describe. And I will say this, when it comes to sin, sin has deformed every single one of us. Yet God lovingly whispers to all of us, even to people who like liver and onions. 
even to people who see things different than you, who feel different than you. And by the way, you have a right to feel whatever it is you feel. God so amazingly whispers back, I wish you were my child. It would be so wonderful if each one of us could develop, guys, this father heart of God. But number seven on our close with this and ask our musicians to come forward. We've got to learn how, guys, listen, to put our families in check. You know, influence is a great thing. But I would like to challenge every, every guy, every father in here today to do something. And that is every now and then you need to have a family setting where you spend time checking. Where are you at in your heart right now? Where are you at in your mind? Where are you at in your thoughts? What is your relationship with the Lord? Every, every guy, every father ought to have a serious time with their families and put the family in check according to the word of God. Because I will tell you, whether you think so or not, we can get up in the morning and race through our lives. We can have some kind of chant of a prayer, a ritual of a prayer, and we can become so robotic. At night we can say, now I'll lay me down to sleep. Or we can say, bless the food, pass the jelly. Or we can spend some time with our family. And I, guys, I want to put this right in your lap today. When is the last time you called your family in and said, let's pray together? See, there's so many things that we can look at as far as the vision of the future goes. One good thing about where we are today is this. No matter where you are right now, no matter what's in your rearview mirror, you can do something about the moment that you have when you leave here today. And if you want God to transform and radically change your home and your thoughts and your life and your world, he can do it. I say this morning as a pastor, you do not have to sit back and let the world throw its influence down your throat and force you to feel any different than the way you feel. You have the right to feel what you feel. But I would also admonish you, there's no room in God's family for hate. The scripture says, love one another. The word says, honor the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. And so I encourage you today, guys, listen, determine in your heart to have a godly home where you have a godly future waiting on a godly promise and I promise you, your life will be filled with peace. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.